Welcome, everybody, to the November Extra AM. I'm Keenan. And I'm Ashley. And we are here to deliver you some history that happened this month, things that happened this month in history, and then read your stories. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, it's going to get a little political. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a presidential month. I mean, that's really the big thing that happened this month. A lot of history was made this month, and it's actually quite impressive. Yes. I'm actually pumped. I'm pretty pumped. Like, it's been kind of awesome watching Joe Biden win 57 times. <laughs> Every day wins again. Every day. Like, wow. Yeah. That was what quite a day. I know I mentioned it, like, very briefly in an earlier episode. But, yeah, it just it's so heartwarming just to see so many people celebrating. Of yes. course, where I'm at, nobody was yelling in the streets or anything. But it would have been cool if I lived somewhere where people were doing that. Yes, but being able to see other people mm-hmm. in like encountering that was really like such a hopeful moment. And I, yeah. I like, forgot that I could feel hope and it was really nice. Yeah, I think we've all been really numb. Just so many bad things happening over the last few years, especially this year, just alone. And it's so different because the last election, a lot of us were very hopeful. We were <laughs> a little cocky. <laughs> like, and it's this time around, nobody wanted to even think it was possible because we were scared and people we know our rights were on the line and yeah it was really scary and it's things you don't think you'll live through in your lifetime but here we are so yeah so you know we keep saying like you know we have hope but the work's just now beginning so we can't slack or any of that but it's uh it's nice to have hope go into a new year yes and just smidge of hope Yes, and just this week, it, uh, the transition was authorized, which we didn't think was going to happen. I was really hoping that Trump would be frog walked out in handcuffs. It still might happen, and I'm holding out hope for that, but we will see. I mean, I did mention a lot of stuff in my segment is, you know, history making, but oh, I'm losing my voice. That's that's great for a podcast. Um, but like he has what is it 61 or 67 indictments that will go in effect the day after Um, so that's really interesting to see what's going to happen there and and that's just new york so there's a lot of places that are getting ready to start filing and Uh my personal opinion is that he didn't concede because they've been shredding and deleting evidence before they allowed anybody in so that's what i think is happening yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, I'm so curious. But normally, like, there's historians in the White House, and they have, like, a checklist of, you know, artifacts. And I'm kind of curious if they're going to do that. Like, Trump's, he's stolen things from hotels and embassies. And I'm like, do not take the people's stuff. Because technically, everything in the White House belongs to us, the people. So I'm kind of curious how that'll go. But that's part of the transition team. The people packing up their stuff and making sure all the silverware stays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, he seems to be in a lot of debt. So I'm just like, do not take the Washington or, you know, Jackie's furniture. You've already messed up her garden. Let's not. Oh, oh, God. I'm still upset. We'll see how that goes. It'll be an interesting. What is it? 60 something days? Yes. And it's been interesting because we do have listeners around the world and everybody's watching and just yep. uh, they were holding their breaths, too. So it's a. Uh, Especially Heather, who is a Patreon. She was like, I'll be your designated Canadian if you need it. <laughs> I was like, thank you. 
So we're all going to Heather's house after that. Yes. She's like, I got you. So it's been interesting just to see like the propaganda machine too, because we don't really normally see this. I mean, even Bush Gore was messy, but it wasn't like this messy. There's a lot of misinformation out there, um, especially like TikTok and stuff. And some of it's really good, but some of it's really bad. Like some people are saying that him doing all these lawsuits is so he can get to the Supreme Court. And they're claiming that he has all this evidence that he'll just like bust out once he gets to the Supreme Court. But that's not how that works with appeals. You can only use the evidence that's in the courts when it gets to Supreme Court. So that's it can't happen. And it. I know people are like, it's going to happen just like Bush and Gore, but that was so different than this. Biden has won by such a huge lead. It's nowhere near where we were back in the hanging chads were the biggest issue. Quite, quite a election, which I guess I could jump into mine because mine's all history making things of the election I could find. Excellent. Um, things are changing every day. So if I miss something, it's probably because it hasn't been official or it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> every day something new is happening. And I'm like, ah, oh. so. Okay. So, Cori Bush became the first black woman to represent Missouri in Congress. So, that is exciting. Missouri That's is very awesome. conservative. So, yay. Sarah McBride became the first openly trans state senator in U.S. Yay! history. That's awesome. And she is a badass. I don't know if you've heard her speak. Yeah. But she is going places. Like, she is powerful, and she's a good speaker, and I just uh, adore her. So she won in Delaware. Richie Torres wins, means he will be the first openly LGBTQ Afro-Latino member of Congress. What? That's awesome. I know. There's so many firsts and so much diversity, and it's making my heart so happy. Mondaire Jones, along with Torres, will be the first out gay black man in Congress. And this was a quote from Twitter. He says, growing up, I never imagined someone like me could run for Congress, let alone get elected. Mm, what a little muffin baby. I know. I'm just, these are all so heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Strickland won her election in Washington's 10th congressional district and will be the first Korean American woman ever elected to Congress. Woo! As well as the first African American person to represent Washington at a federal level. Wow. That just blows my mind that a lot of these firsts are first in 2020. It just, you think that these things have happened. So this dude made history, but fuck him. So Madison Cawthorn made history as the youngest congressman since 1965. So the, he's 25. So in modern history, he's the youngest, whatever. But he's okay. also fucking racist. He oh. visited Hitler's vacation house in Germany and captioned the pick The Fuhrer. So fuck that guy. So he still got elected, and that's just a bunch of bullshit. It's like North Carolina or something, so fuck Fuck. And he also has a lot of sexual misconduct allegations against him, so he he sucks. But I included him because he made history, but he still sucks, and I hate him. So, moving on. (laughs) The high-profile lawyer and human rights activist Anna Irma Riviera Layson won her election to the Puerto Rico Senate, making her the first black openly lesbian Puerto Rican to become an elected lawmaker. Oh, awesome. Which I also love Puerto Rico, you know, people actually paying attention because I'm like, hey, (laughs) like they're super important. New Mexico became the first state in the United States ever to elect only women of color as members of Congress. Yeah. Three House seats were won by incumbent Democrat 
Deb Holland, Democrat Teresa Lager Fernandez, and Republican Yvette Harrell. So, Hayland is a citizen of the Pueblo of Laguna tribe and made history in 2018 by becoming one of the first Native American women to be elected in the House of Representatives. Harrell is a Native American belonging to the Cherokee Nation, and Lager Fernandez is a Latina from the northern or from northern New Mexico. She also became the first woman to represent her district. So, all three, just bam. Marie Turner made history twice on that election, becoming both Oklahoma's first Muslim lawmaker and the first ever openly non-binary state legislator in awesome. So that's also freaking amazing that's that that's amazing. being represented too. So yeah. yes, celebrate. In Kansas, Stephanie Beyer also broke boundaries twice over. She became the first openly trans person of color ever elected to state legislature in the United States and the first openly trans person elected to Kansas state legislature. Wow. I'm loving just. And Byers is also a member of the Chickasaw Nation and taught in the Wichita Public Schools for 29 years. Yes. So, I mean, and they're all so qualified that's also just yes that's the best part like they're so incredibly qualified for these positions yes it is oh it's amazing indian american lawyer and immigration rights advocate jennifer raj kumar is 38 will become one of the first two south asians voted into the lower house of the new york state legislature after winning district 38 in new york city and then zarin mandani will join as the first south asian member to be voted in the New York State Assembly. Uh, He will represent the multi-ethnic neighborhood of Astoria in Queens. Wow. Taylor Small became the first openly trans person elected to the Vermont State Legislature. Oh, wow. There's a lot of trans representation. Yes. And Taylor is part of the drag queen duo that led the drag queen story hours in libraries across the state. Yes. I love drag queen story times. I think that's phenomenal. Yes, I want to attend one so bad. Oh, me too. And Small's campaign focused on healthcare, and she said she wants to address related inequities that affect marginalized groups like the LGBTQ community and people with disabilities, saying, quote, it should never be a choice as to whether someone has access to healthcare. So she's also somebody to look out for. I mean, all of them are. They're fucking incredible. In Florida, Democrat candidates Chevron Jones and Michelle Rayner Goolsby both made history. Jones, a former chemistry teacher and education advocate, became the first openly LGBTQ member of the Florida State Senate, where he will represent District 35. And then as a criminal defense and civil rights attorney, Rayner Goolsby became the first black openly LGBTQ woman elected to Florida State Legislature, which is just amazing. There's a lot of like civil rights attorneys being elected too, which I find. Which is amazing. Incredible because that's one of the big issues we really, really need to work on. Yeah. Iman Jode became the first Muslim lawmaker in Colorado's history after being elected to District 41. Quote, we did it. She tweeted after the victory. Quote, I ran to make the American dream a reality for everyone. I'm a proud Muslim, Palestinian American, and first generation American. I am proud to be able to represent my communities and the people of Colorado. And then now let's get to work. Yes. My heart. Jabari Breesport, a public school teacher who won the election for New York's 25th state Senate district, became the first black openly gay member of the New York state legislature. Wow. 
Kim Jackson, an Episcopal priest, made history when she was elected as Georgia's first openly LGBTQ state senator. Yes. Yes, priest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I love the Episcopal Church. And we have... We have two in seminary and Patreon, so I'm just so excited. So. Ooh. Uh, and then, of course, Kamala Harris became the first woman, woman of color, and daughter of immigrants to become vice president-elect of the United States. Kamala is just an extraordinary human being. Her career is just, uh, I love it. Like, and- I felt joy that Joe Biden got elected, but I cried about Kamala Harris. Yes, me Because too. I'm so incredibly proud of, of her and her accomplishments and that that barrier is broken. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw all the memes going around that were like, women, make sure you're wearing shoes because there's glass on the floor. And it was like, yes. 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 I just loved her speech that, you know, Joe had the audacity to pick a woman. Yeah, a woman of color, and I I love Kamala. I think she's she's just a queen. Yes, <laughs> like, huh, especially those debates, mm. history making. I'm speaking. Yes, every every person, every woman knows that. Like being talked over and being just dismissed. That gave me so much life. Mm-hmm. A lot of us feel that. You know, just yeah. don't dismiss me. I have something to say, and it's just. Little girls, you know, the ones that wear the shirts that say, like, the vice president looks like me. I'm like, oh, my God. My heart. (laughs) My heart. And Joe will be the oldest president in U.S. history when he's inaugurated. And he also will have the most public service experience of any president. He has 50 years of political experience dating back to his Delaware uh, city council election. So. Quite a bit of a public service, which is a switch up from what we've had in the last four years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did say that the largest age gap between president and vice president is still held by James Buchanan and John Breckenridge, which was 29 years, eight months and 24 days. Biden was born 21 years and 11 months before Harris. Wow. And President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect, I just love saying that, Kamala Harris <laughs> have secured more than 80 million votes as absentee votes are still being counted right now. And it makes it the largest presidential votes tallied ever in history. So the most people have voted. And that's just incredible. So, and he beat out Obama. So (laughs) that was the last record that broke. Yep. This stuff's still coming in, like, as we speak. So there's just a couple of things about his cabinet. If confirmed, Avril Haines would be the first female director of the national intelligence, you know, in history. And then Alejandro... Mayorkas will be the first Latino Homeland Security boss. So that's really exciting. His cabinet is very diverse and really qualified. So it's really, really, really cool. And he's expected to name Janet Yellen as picture treasury secretary. And if she's confirmed, she'll be the first woman to ever hold that job. Also very exciting. She's, she's very qualified. She has a really interesting career in the federal reserves and stuff. So she knows her stuff. And I just wanted to end this really quick about Georgia. Georgia. (laughs) Uh, So a record 788,535 people as of this afternoon have requested ballots ahead of the runoff election on January 5th. So that is insane. Record breaking. The current balance of the Senate is 50 Republicans and 48 Democrats, meaning that whatever way these two seats go, decides who controls Congress. And I know some people are confused by that. Yes, it will make a tie if both Democrats win. 
But in the event of a tie, the vice president decides. And at that point, that'll be Kamala Harris. So she's the tiebreaker. So it's really an important election. And Senate majority, to get rid of the turtle, (laughs) it's an insult to turtles. But to get rid of Mitch McConnell, they have to win both seats. So it's really a lot's riding on this. The first race has incumbent Kelly Loeffler facing off against Reverend Raphael Warnock. He's the senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. once preached. So that's really exciting. I have a lot of thoughts about Loeffler. (laughs) She was never elected. She was appointed by Governor Kemp to fill a vacancy. And she's also done some really shady shit. So in the beginning of the year, in about January, February, she was in a secret meeting in Congress over COVID-19. And as soon as she got out of the meeting, she sold her stocks. And they were yeah. retail stocks. And then she also bought some stocks and things that might be handy in a lockdown. And so she focused on making money instead of help- helping her constituents. And then, you know, oh, yeah, and her husband's the New York Stock Exchange CEO. And they've gotten into a lot of trouble mm-hmm. and actually found guilty of doing a lot of uh, shady shit with her money. And the same thing is with David per- or Purdue. Um, he's also very shady and he's been accused of doing some shady stock stuff and he was also found to profit from the navy contractor stock while overseeing the naval fleet which is also super illegal but not a lot's happened i don't know how people get to run for re-election when they do shit like this but you know i'm not telling you who to vote for i'm not i'm just saying (laughs) that both these republicans in this runoff have been up some really, really shady shit. And they have done a lot of really terrible things for the people of Georgia. So if you are from Georgia, please, please research. Yes. um, All the vote. Yes. And while the secretary of state's office swears that there's been no voter purges, if you go on TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or anything, there's a lot of people swearing that they voted for the president. And then they went to check their voter registration and they're gone. So they're asking people to go check to make sure you are still registered to vote. And to do that, you want to go to georgia.gov slash register dash to dash vote to register. And then you can also get a link to check your registration. So if you want to register to vote, it's December 7th is the uh, cutoff. If you want to get an absentee ballot, they start sending them out on November 18th, which was last week. (laughs) And, um, Early in-person voting begins December 14th. So with all the safety precautions, if you can vote early, please do so. And all the absentee ballots have to be received by 7 p.m. on January 5th, which is Election Day. And if you're like us and we're not from Georgia, but you want to help, you know, you know, so we can have Senate because uh, Joe Biden's going to have a really tough time getting anything done if Mitch McConnell is majority leader. That's just sadly how this two-party system works. A lot of people, like Obama's first term, he had a lot of trouble getting things through. And that's because, you know, Senate. So it's really important. You can donate money, which is very, very helpful if you have anything. And you can also volunteer virtually and you can do calls and stuff. Uh, one really great website you can go to that has information for all of this is fairfight.com, which was created by our queen, Stacey Abrams. Um, yeah. And I'll have links for everything in the bio. So if you want to try to figure out how to help. Like, I don't have a lot of money, but I've been donating what I can. So it, it helps. You know, there's a lot of people on the ground and they're really trying because the incumbents have so much money. I saw like the CEO husband donated like a million dollars or something to the campaign. And it's like normal people that are, you know, really trying 
we don't have that. So <laughs> it's really, really sad to me. Yeah. <sighs> but there's hope. You know, if they win, there's hope because there's a lot of things that they want to get done in the first 100 days that if they don't have people blocking them, like the student loan stuff, the healthcare stuff, the COVID stuff, all that has to go through really fast. And it would really help us out because I know we're like the only quote unquote first world country that's not getting monthly pay like paychecks to survive COVID. And it's I mean, we're all struggling and. You know, some businesses are never going to recover and a lot of people are losing jobs and you can't get a job because nobody's hiring because we're in a pandemic. So, yeah, a lot's riding on this. So if you can do something, do something. If you can't do anything, that's also fine. But find really good sources and share them on the Internet. Yeah. I think that's it. I'm off my soapbox now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yay, politics. Yay! But it's exciting, and there's also something I I didn't mention this, and I meant to. Um, but also it's just really amazing the voter turnout in Georgia, and especially the African American, especially African American women, just crushed it. And also Native Americans, their voter turnout was insane as well. So it's really, really it's amazing. A, it's amazing to see. And uh, okay, so my groceries are here. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Excellent. All right, so would you like to hear about the Electoral College? Yes. Okay, awesome. Like, real talk, I thought I understood the Electoral College, like, you know, because I'm totally advanced and (laughs) smart. Did not. I didn't really understand how it was put together. And like, I, I thought I had like a working definition of electoral college. But in 2016, when dump truck was elected, Trumple Silskin, it like really crushed me because he lost the popular vote, but was still elected because of the, the fucking electoral vote. You know, that was the last time I felt joy until now. Uh, but... <laughs> So I found an article on CNN, uh, The Electoral College Explained, that I'm going to read you. It is not the most interesting article. I am so sorry. But I think it's important to understand what it is, what the Electoral College is, and it goes into a little bit of history about it as well. So Americans who go to the polls on Election Day don't actually select the president directly. We know this. They are technically voting for 538 electors who, according to the system laid out by the Constitution, meet in their respective states and vote for the president and vice president. These people, the electors, comprise the Electoral College, and their votes are then counted by the president of the Senate in a joint session of Congress. Why did the framers choose this system? There are a few reasons. First, they feared factions and worried that voters wouldn't make informed decisions. They didn't want to tell states how to conduct their elections. There were also many who feared that the states with the largest voting populations would essentially end up choosing the president. Others preferred the idea of Congress choosing the president, and there were proposals at the time for a national popular vote. So the Electoral College was a compromise. The stain of slavery is on the Electoral College as it is on all of U.S. history. The formula for apportioning congressmen which is directly tied to the number of electors, relied at that time on the three-fifths compromise, whereby each slave in a state counted as a fraction of a person to the apportioned congressional seats. 
This gave states in the South with many slaves more power despite the fact that large portions of their populations could not vote and were not free. How it works is there's an elector for every member of the House, uh, House of Representatives, 435, and the Senate, which is 100, plus an additional three for people who live in the District of Columbia. Each state gets at least three electors. California, the most populous state, has 53 congressmen and two senators, so they get 55 electoral votes. Texas, the largest reliably Republican-leaning state, has 36 congressmen and two senators, so they get 38 electoral votes. Six states, Alaska, Delaware, Montana, North Dakota, Vermont, and Wyoming, are so small population-wise that they only have one congressperson apiece and the lowest possible three electoral votes. The District of Columbia also gets three electoral votes. Voters in Puerto Rico and other non-state territories get no electoral votes, although they can take part in presidential primaries. The states are in charge of selecting their own electors, and a number of states do not require their electors to honor the election results, which has led occasionally to the phenomenon known as a faithless elector. So basically, like, after the states run their elections, electors can typically will vote the way that the state leans, but sometimes with a faithless elector, they can vote however they want, um, and the state won't hold them to voting one way or the other. So it takes 270 electoral votes to get a majority of the electoral college. The total number of electors, 538, cannot change unless there are more lawmakers added on Capitol Hill or a constitutional amendment but the number of electors allocated to each state can change every 10 years after the constitutionally mandated census. The number of congressmen is reapportioned, re that's the technical term, according to the changes in the population. Some states gain a House seat or two and others lose some. No state, no matter how small, can have zero members of Congress. But this is why there's been heated political debate over whether the U.S. Census should ask if someone is a citizen. Some fear that asking it could make an accurate population count more difficult or that states with many immigrants could end up with fewer lawmakers in elections starting in 2022 after the 2020 census is complete. And the 2020 census did not ask if people were citizens. Yeah. So if there's a tie among the electors or if nobody gets a majority, then the election goes to the House of Representatives. Each state's delegation of lawmakers gets one vote, and they choose between the top three electoral vote-getters. According to the 12th Amendment, if nobody gets in a majority by a certain deadline, the vice president becomes president. If there's no majority for the vice president, the House delegations are excused, and only the senators choose the vice president. The 20th Amendment changed the deadline from March 4th to January 20th. Most states, except for Maine and Nebraska, which split some of their electoral votes, um, which, if you looked at the political maps, when they were tallying votes, Maine and Nebraska would show up um, as a striped state instead of red or blue. Um, they give all their electoral votes to the person who wins the popular vote in that state. There are very Democratic parts of Texas and very Republican parts of California, for instance, but unless those states move to apportion their electoral votes differently, it is only the state popular vote that really matters. So it brings up the question, who likes this system? Yeah. <laughs> that is the argument that's around uh, um, right now. I personally hate the system, but um, 
let's see what they say. So a popular vote system certainly would be simpler to understand. However, as proponents of the Electoral College point out, if you thought that recount in Florida in 2000 was nasty, imagine a nationwide recount of more than 130 million votes. That would be messy and it could happen. Some states have automatic recounts for elections that are separated by less than 0.1%, um, which they saw in Georgia before it passed the margin this year. Um, and it happened in a couple other states. So um, in 2000, with 136 million voters, that would have been a margin of around 136,000 votes. You can imagine a recount in the razor thin election of 1960, which featured a less than 0.2% difference in vote totals, but a solid electoral college victory for John F. Kennedy. One of the most important supporters is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the corpse bride, who has weighed in against the idea of a national popular vote effort on the Senate floor. God, Mitch McConnell, I hate. Mm. Anyway, <sighs> some defenses of the Electoral College have a racial tinge. Former Maine Governor Paul LePage said that without the Electoral College, white people will have less say which is quite sad considering the three-fifths compromise helped bring about the Electoral College in the first place. Who the fuck says that? Like, in this day and age, who the fuck says that? Uh, Whatever. I, he didn't know. The speechless. Yeah, like... <laughs> I, wow. I'm speechless that anyone would actually say that because, like, it's dumb. Whatever. Anyway... Actually, what would happen if they do what they say they're going to do is white people will not have anything to say, LePage said, according to reports. It's only going to be the minorities that would elect. It would be California, Texas, Florida, all the small states like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Wyoming, Montana, Rhode Island. You'll never see a presidential candidate again. You'll never see anybody at the national stage come to our state, he said people. It's an insane, insane process. He's kind of a moron, but whatever. <laughs> but 65% of Americans supported selecting the president by popular vote compared to 32% who preferred the Electoral College in a June 2008, or 2018 rather, PRR survey. There's less support if the wording includes changing the Constitution. A Pew survey in March of 2018 asked if Americans supported amending the Constitution to select the president by popular vote, and a smaller 55%, still a popular majority, endorsed the idea. However, the Electoral College is written into the Constitution, and changing the Constitution is very difficult. It takes years to accomplish and requires broad majorities in Congress or state legislatures. States that currently benefit from the Electoral College would have to give up some of that power. And the possibility, the other possibility is something like the aforementioned agreement by states to honor the national popular vote winner. But you can bet if that proposal takes hold, there will be lawsuits. That said, the Electoral College has actually changed three times, each by constitutional amendment. The 12th Amendment passed after the tie election of 1800, um, which made it so that electors voted for president and vice president instead of voting for two people who could be president. The 20th Amendment put a time limit on the process. The 23rd Amendment gave electors to the District of Columbia. And there was a serious move decades ago to abolish the Electoral College altogether. 
1968, a proposal to replace the Electoral College with a popular vote system easily passed in the House, but it was filibustered in the Senate. Mm -hmm. So, yes, like Dion says in the comments, this system sucks ass. (laughs) Yeah, and when they made it, they had no concept of what the United States would become and how big it would get and how many people we'd have. So it's definitely flawed. Exactly. And I... I don't know why I find it, it might not be ironic, but it, the word that comes to mind is irony that they're using a popular popular vote of a survey to say that they want to abolish the Electoral College. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's definitely a hot topic. And I think, I mean, if anything came from this election being as stressful is that people are more aware, especially been a lot of instances where the popular vote doesn't win and people are confused and yes so there's been five instances where the popular vote has not won hang on i have to google it again because i exited out of my screen (laughs) five times so 1824 john quincy adams 1876 rutherford b hayes 1888 benjamin harrison 2000, George W. Bush, and then 2016, Trouble Stillskin. They all um, lost the popular vote, but won the Electoral College. Are they all Republicans? I think they are, right? Let's see. I vaguely remember reading that somewhere, but I don't remember if that's true or not. Reggie, get out of the closet, you creepo. (laughs) God, he's so creepy. You looked at you like, what? Bro. Yeah, I'm glad you did this because it's it is very confusing and it's like Thanks. we we learn about it what like the first civics class we ever take really young and they never explain it very well. <laughs> no, and I mean like look, I took civics 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 in the seventh grade. Yeah. I am 32 years old. <laughs> it's, it's been, been a hot minute. minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's still wild. I know that there's a lot of states that are moving to make the whole faithless elector thing illegal. Yes. And uh, I did read that Hillary Clinton is an elector for New York, which is like a sweet justice. You know, she gets to vote against Trump. Yeah. Cinnamon Hitler, if you will. (laughs) Mango Mussolini. (laughs) I figure by now anybody that likes Trump is no longer listening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah what's happening so they'll officially they'll meet on december 14th and cast the electoral votes and then joe biden will be confirmed um by the senate and then trouble stillskin will be frog walked out of the white house <laughs> Handcuffs. i'm speaking it to the universe manifesting it i mean i still think that if they charge pay-per-view we could probably pay off some of our deficit real talk i would put serious coin on that all right so now for your emails (laughs) this is from casey we love casey did you know casey (laughs) from alaska i think i mention it every time (laughs) that's hello from alaska Okay, so I've been thinking about how to tell this one for a while now. It's not necessarily spooky. It may be a little boring, but it's still kind of strange. So here it goes. I guarantee it will be fantastic. All right. She says, I grew up in a small town named Talk, 
or damn, I already knew that. Toke. Shit. I even knew that from the last time she was on here. Okay. And yes, we would always have people making weed jokes about our town name. But to be fair, most of them were true. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to the story. After I graduated high school, I started working at the local grocery store. I was there for about seven years. Our store was no Walmart or anything. It's just a small locally owned store that was built around the 1970s. To my knowledge, no one had ever died on the property. It is not only any kind of native burial ground. Yes, that was the poltergeist reference. (laughs) However, it does have a ghost who is very playful. The following are just a few of the more active experiences me and my coworkers had with Casper. Aww. When I first started working at the store, I had noticed that things would just randomly be on the ground like bread, candy, and even occasionally jars of chip dip. It's very specific. (laughs) I think he just wants to have a fun little lunch. Bread and chips. I had figured it was just from customers or just the way the items were put on the shelf that made them fall off. I ended up bringing this up to my shift manager, who also happens to be someone I'd gone to school with, and she responded with, quote, Oh, that's just Casper. It's fine. He likes to get noticed every once in a while. <laughs> I always love it when you're like, why is this weird thing? Everybody's like, don't worry about it. That's just, you know, old Bob over here. He's so bored. <laughs> now in my head, I'm thinking she is crazy. <laughs> it is all just some weird coincidence because I'd never seen it happen myself. A week or so later, I was working down an aisle and it was about an hour before closing when all of a sudden I saw a can that happened to be beside me on the shelf be pulled from the back of the shelf and fall right by my feet. Yikes. Without any help. I quickly put the can back where it came from and then left that side of the store not wanting to encounter him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Solid, solid plan. That's a good reaction. Fast forward about two years and I am now the night closer and it's my job to shut down the store. One night at closing, it was just me and another coworker. I had heard turn off the lights in the store while I was in the back office finishing up some stuff. I happened to look up at the security monitor to see a shadow figure following her in the store. Nope, don't like that. Wait, you said this was boring? Yeah, what happened <laughs> to the boring story? <laughs> That's not boring. That's a demon. All right. I watched it follow her all the way back to the back room where we clock in and out and then it disappeared. When I met up, I asked her who was following her in the store, and she looked at me terrified and said no one else was in the store but us. Needless to say, we both got out of the store as quick as we could that night. Wow. I mean, also, yes. Good for you for running. We keep telling people that's what you should do. (laughs) For this last story, I had been working for the store about four years, and at this time, I'm not really faced by Casper anymore because he was what I considered a friendly ghost. Anyway, the lady who had been working in the bakery, we shall call her Jane, had been there about 12 years, and she had decided to retire. So I took over her position. My days would start at 1 a.m., and I was all alone until 7 a.m. Wow. Wow. I would fall asleep. Yes. I actually that. <laughs> Before Jane had left, she had told me that Casper had been more active around her and to be careful because he did not like change very well. The first week, Casper was definitely upset that Jane had left. He threw a temper tantrum and started to mess with me a lot. I would hear him walking around the hallway being louder than usual at night, uh, right outside the bakery door. He would make things fall into the sink and he even made the hands of the old clock that didn't work anymore spin like crazy a few times. Well, that's some, like, horror movie shit right there. 
I had got fed up with this, so I decided to bring in a speaker to work so I could play music and not hear him. <laughs> that was pretty effective until one day it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the following week, I had started my day like normal and everything was fine. I had just finished putting my donuts in the bakery case at the front of the store. And on my way back to the bakery room, I had gathered up some things I needed for the sandwiches I had to make. I was walking down the aisle when out of nowhere, a jar of chip dip came flying off the shelf and landed at my feet, causing it to break and getting cheese everywhere. Wow. What a jerk move, dude. For real. (laughs) I jumped and then I had a few choice words for Casper. I told him that I knew he was upset the chain left, but this is not how to handle things. (laughs) Real talk. Calm down. You tell him. Casper and I were fine after that. I would hear him. I would still hear him walking around and he would still make bread and softer things fall off the shelf, but that was all. I still hear stories from people who work at the store about Casper and his shenanigans, but as far as I know, he's still considered Casper the friendly ghost. Thank you for reading my story. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Oh, I love that. Love Casey. Oh, that's Thank so you, sweet. Casey. I love your reactions too. Just yes. Like, no, this is not how we act. Yeah, very relatable. Uh, very teachery. Like, you know, no, this is not what we do here. All right. So I am going to read Beth's story. Thank oh. you for sending it in, Beth. Thank you. All right. So hello, all. A few months ago, I told y'all about the railroad tracks in San Antonio that are haunted. You asked for more on the donkey lady. And how could I refuse? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the story of the donkey lady, as it is known, is part ghost story, part urban legend, and part cryptozoology mystery. There are many different versions of the tale. Here are the basics. A woman was trapped in a house fire. Some versions say her husband started the fire and she was trapped inside with her kids. Yet others mark the culprit as a young rich kid who was hassled by the woman's donkey. Okay. So a mob of the young man's af- affluent friends set fire to the barn and the woman was burned trying to save the donkey. In either case, she was horribly mutilated in the fire. Her fingers were melted down to stumps, creating hoof-like appendages, and the skin on her face was charred and gave her face an elongated donkey-like appearance. Oh, that's 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 sad. Grieving the loss of her children and the betrayal of her husband, she haunts the Elm Creek area of South San Antonio and torments those who try to cross the Donkey Lady Bridge, named after, you guessed it, the Donkey Lady. People have reported hearing strange noises, and there are even reports of the figure jumping on the hood of people's cars, leaving odd hoof-like dents. Oh, no, don't like that. Yeah, don't like that at all. Property damage, no. Um, I've never <laughs> been to that bridge, but I'm also a big wuss. Y'all can go and let us know how that goes. Thank you. <laughs> Love the pod. Y'all are great. Beth. Oh, wow. I kind of want to go. Yeah, I've heard of it on the radio. I think they do like a weird donkey lady phone thing here. Like what? All in here for the donkey lady. I don't know. I've only heard it once. But yeah, I hear people talk about it. But okay. They kind of talk about her more than La Llorona, but I don't know. I've never been that way. Definitely should check that out next time. Next time I have to go to San Antonio. Bet. (laughs) Well, I want to go to that bridge and I want to go to the Goatman Bridge in Denton. Yes. Yeah. Next time I go visit 
Fort Worth, my friends. I wanted to go there. Yes. That would be, that'd be fun. Uh, where, where is it in San Antonio? Where'd she say? What side? She say what side? Oh gosh. I exited out. Hang on. Oh, then I can. Hang on. I'm Googling Donkey Lady Bridge. Okay. The address, it's on Apple White Road in San Antonio. Oh man. Well, I'm going to pull it up on my GPS here. Donkey. Oh, full thing. It must be listening because it was, I put D in it. It was like, Donkey Lady Bridge. <laughs> it knows. It's South San Antonio, the Medina River Natural Area. I've never been to that side. Hmm. 41 miles from my house. Okay. That's not bad. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. We got two Michelles. I'll just pick one. <laughs> and I'll do the other one. It says, hi. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Sorry in advance. This is super long. I'll never be sorry. Says my parents owned this house in Massachusetts from December 1998 to June 2020. Over the years, we had strange things happen to us. Well, except my stepmom. She refuses to believe it's haunted and thanks for making it up. <laughs> this is, I'll let you be the judge. We'll start with my dad's stories. He was the first to notice something was off. He was sitting at the computer in the family room one afternoon, probably a few months after we moved in. And out of the corner of his eye, he saw my younger sister or me. We're two years apart, so generally the same height. Walked behind him. He turned to say something and nobody was there. Ooh, I don't I don't like that. I hate that, yeah. He would be cooking in the kitchen and hear girly laughter coming from the same room and walk in to ask one of us something and again no one was there. This happened pretty often. Over the years, he'd sometimes wake up during the night and a dark figure was standing at the foot of his bed. Oh, I don't like that mm, at all. Nope. He'd rub his eyes and start to get up thinking it was one of us being able to unable to sleep and then it would disappear. Mm. No, 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 no. My oldest brother, Danny, woke up in the middle of the night. I think this was during our first year there to a girl screaming. Oh, that's horrifying. Oh, my he bolted out of bed and ran downstairs. He was on the third floor with my second brother, Tom, to find the house completely dark and everyone was in bed. Thinking he dreamed it, he went back up to bed and was lying back down, glanced out the window, and noticed a young girl in a classic white nightgown out in the yard. He yes. stood up and went, oh, oh, don't go to the window. He went to the window to get a better look, and then she was gone. Yikes, yikes, yikes. No, 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 no. This has got all the classic scary shit. Mm -mm. my other older brother tom's most memorable at least to me happened a few years ago he and his now wife had moved home while they were trying to buy a house the parents were strict and since they weren't married they couldn't share a room <laughs> oh so she was in my old room on the second floor and he was in his old room on the third they couldn't even be on the same floor <laughs> Beautiful. I love one, it. one night he got woken up to his girlfriend digging through his laptop bag asked her what she was looking for but she ignored him so he rolled over and went back to sleep the next morning he asked her what were you looking for last night and confused she asked what are you talking about and he nope. answered you were in my room in the middle of the night digging through my laptop bag a bit more confused she said uh no i wasn't i never came upstairs burn it with fire no yes jesus my dad suggested must have been the ghost, but it never happened again. I still wonder what she could have been looking for. Yeah. Still a little nonchalant for having something digging through your bag. <laughs> Be like, oh, well, go to sleep. Yeah. 
now my stories. As I mentioned before, my younger sister and I are two years apart and the youngest of the clan, so we were always together. We'd spend every weekend playing Barbies or Playmobiles in our three-season porch. We set up our town, in quotes, on Friday and play all weekend and then clean up on Sunday nights. One Saturday, we woke up and went to continue playing and found that all the people and animals were in weird places where we clearly had not left them. Horses on the roof, people in the barn, cars flipped all over, rooms in the house is messed up. My sister started to get really freaked out knowing we had a ghost in the house, and I convinced her it was me. I played a joke on her to make her think it was a ghost. At least that's what I told her. I came clean after she moved out that I never did that. Oh, well, that's such a, you know, good sister move. Yeah. I'm just a jerk. It's not a ghost, I promise. (laughs) That's not what my sisters would have done. Like, it's going to eat you in your sleep. So don't ever sleep again. That would be what they did. In my older years, 18 to 22, I would be the last one awake watching TV in the living room. I'd see a white figure out of the corner of my eye, float up the stairs, or go by the window panes of the three-season porch doors. I'd freeze and turn to look, but of course there was nothing there. I'd immediately run up to my room. I always felt safe in my room. Which is a little odd because I woke up to someone grabbing my ankles in my early teens. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, Mm -hmm. no. I hate that so much. Uh, I would just leave my body. I would literally die. Yeah. I would literally die and be standing next to the thing grabbing my ankles and we'd both be dead. Sayonara to both of us. Nope, 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 nope. So to this day, I can't sleep on my back with my ankles crossed. Girl. Same girl. I'm surprised you can sleep, honestly. Oh, my God. I actually found a trap door at the back of my closet to an empty room. But my Mm. dad wouldn't let me go in because he was scared I'd fall through the floor. Smart. That is very smart. Oh, I would hear footsteps going up and down the hallway stairs. Someone wearing boots, which was never allowed in the house. And the hallway light would turn on. Parentheses. It says, I can see the light from under the door. So that's how she knew. And I would ask if someone was walking around in the middle of the night and everyone would say they never left the room. Yikes. Oh, I don't like this at all. My younger sister, Rachel, never saw anything, but believed it. Oh, but believed it all and would climb into bed with me if she woke up during the night all the way through high school. That's yes. If you're scared, you find a person. Yeah. Safety in numbers. We all felt that someone was watching me vibe. Even friends who came over said they got the real creepy vibes, but no one ever was harmed. Now my parents retired and moved to New Hampshire and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Or I tried finding who died there, but I never found any info. Good luck to the new family living there. <laughs> real talk. XOXO Michelle H. Wow. Wow. Okay. There's a whole lot of nopes in there. Yeah. That's, that's a lot to take in. That's like, new season of haunting a hill house or some shit (laughs) no thanks that trap like the trap door your dad probably like said that you'd fall through but he's probably like no that's how you get possessed they'll not do that that's how you die that's how they get you you don't go into their secret hidey holes nope 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 well moving on from that i'm going to read the other michelle's story so michelle says hey Hope you're doing well. So I have a couple of stories to share that are more on the slightly spooky side, but only kind of because the ghost of my house is kind of shy. The first (laughs) kind of spooky story took place, right? So the first kind of spooky story took place at my dad's funeral. The ceremony was in a Catholic church called St. Benedict. 
Um, is the Catholic Church part important? Not super, just helping paint the long center aisle of where my dad's casket sat while the service was conducted. We had just finished receiving communion. All the attendees, there were about 100 attendees, sat down. Then the priest opened up the floor for people to come up and share any final words of their memories of my dad. A couple people went up. Then before my cousin spoke, we see a woman come down the aisle. She was dressed in a cobalt blue floor-length gown. It was heavy with sequins and beading. She had a white handkerchief in her hand with a gold heavily sequined mantilla. She approaches my dad's casket and throws herself on it and starts bawling. My dad is a police officer, so a couple of his colleagues dressed in Class A uniforms escorted her outside. Everyone looked at my family like, who is she? We looked back, shaking our heads and shrugging our shoulders because we didn't know who she was. As time passed on, we asked our family, who is very involved with the church that we held my dad's funeral at, because it was his childhood parish, and even they don't know who she is. She had never been seen at the church before or after my dad's funeral. Since my dad's funeral, I've been to many funerals and church services at St. Benedict's, and I've never seen her there since. It's the oldest church in the town I grew up in, in Montebello, and in my own kooky mind, I'm like, it must have been a spirit or something. I would have the same thought, honestly. <laughs> so the other things that have happened within this week alone, nothing turkey or Thanksgiving related, but last week I completely gutted the backyard. I removed trees, bushes, everything except for one rose bush that my grandma and brother love. Before my grandma passed away, my family and I had tried to convince her to remove some of the trees and bushes because they were way too close to the house. Like the branches of one of the trees was literally touching the roof. She was adamant in not removing everything, especially a jasmine bush that was between her and her neighbor along the driveway. Well, I removed that bush because it was driving me nuts and I couldn't get it under control. Since then, I've been hearing random bangs and bumps and things falling in the house. When I look, when I look, everything looks fine and in their place. Then last night, 1123, I go to the bathroom. I have a small Maltese dog. He's all, he always follows me into the bathroom. Why? I have no idea. He does. <laughs> Dogs do that. Like, yeah, my dog always has to watch me pee and it's really creepy. Um, so, well, this time as I walked to the bathroom, my dog started barking at the front door. I ignored it thinking a cat might've just crossed our porch. There's a couple of cats in the neighborhood. As I continued my way to the bathroom, my dog Stewie is following me, but, but his back turned toward me and backing up with me to the bathroom. I sit on the toilet and he stays in the same small hallway that leads into the bathroom. Normally he comes and sits on the floor mat, but not the hallway leading to the bathroom, looking at the two ways to enter into the one mini hallway of the bathroom and starts barking. I live by myself. None of my neighbors have keys to my house. And the closest person who does has been in quarantine because her stupid colleague tested positive for COVID. <laughs> Hi, Dion. Hi, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> However, as I was trying to poop as quickly as I can, I love spicy food and had way too many jalapenos. This was not good. It sounded like someone was trying to come into my house, which is strange because earlier that day, I heard the exact same sound while I was in a Zoom meeting for work coming from my bedroom, which used to be my grandma's bedroom and the room she died in. Oh, no. I'm still not sure exactly what exactly the sounds have been lately, but I'm going to chalk it up to my grandma being in her wheelchair checking on things because it makes me feel better. Also, knowing how dramatic she could be, I get my pettiness from her. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think she's super pleased with the empty backyard, but is excited for the plants I have for it. Starting with growing a tree first, I'm thinking apple. Anyway, those are my all of my stories I can think of. I know I have more, but I can't think of them right now. Best, Michelle. Oh, that was so relatable. <laughs> that was so relatable. And for those who don't know, Michelle is one of the Patreon people um, who's wonderful. So, wow, yeah. that's amazing. I love that. I get my penniness. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. So for my last one, this is from Marissa. Woo-hoo. So it's kind of a two first. So the first email was sent on November 1st. And then the second one, there's a follow-up that was sent today. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> it says, hi. Hi, Marissa. Says, my best friend is moving to North Carolina tomorrow morning, and we've been packing this weekend, and fuck, it has been pissing something off. (laughs) (laughs) His TV had a glitch since he moved in here, where it randomly turns back back on after it's been off for a long while. We always joke that it was a demon. Oh, no, don't joke about that. (laughs) That is until his daughter was spending the night and saw a shadow figure pass from, oh, God, in front of the window. Which this asshat forgot to tell me until I told him what happened to me last night. So I woke up randomly in the middle of the night and tossed and turned for a few minutes. And when I finally settled, my feet were right at the end of the bed and the blanket hung over the edge. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't like where this is going. Nope. I I was fine until suddenly it felt like a hand reached up between my feet and grabbed my blanket and slowly started to pull the blanket down. No. Why? Oh, nightmare fuel, nightmare fuel. No. I freaked out. Yes. And yanked my blanket back up. (laughs) And then I tucked my feet (laughs) and curled into my my best friend to hide my feet and face, which I mean, honestly, I would do the same. I just like that you're like, no, give it back. <laughs> I would just be like, it's yours now. Go away. So about 10 minutes later, my best friend's gun fell from its secure place next to the bed, giving me oh. my last heart attack for the night. Oh, that's terrifying. That's horrifying. Yes. I mean, take my blanket, but don't throw guns at me. For real. Now I'm slightly terrified to sleep here again tonight, and I have to have a heartbreaking see you soon at 4.30 in the morning. Thank God I have my protector with me. I know he might not hear this, but I love you, Sean. I'll see you in North Carolina in a couple of months. Wish oh. me luck. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, as Neon said, I'm fucking driving home at that point. And honestly, same. If you throw <laughs> a gun at me, I'm going home. Yeah, that's that's some bullshit. So there's a follow-up. It says, follow-up, made it through that night. Also, while Good. telling a coworker, she reminded me that it happened on Halloween. Oh, wow. Ugh. So glad nothing else happened in that house. But I could have great stories coming up. Upon moving, my best friend got a security job at the Baltimore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, we have another Patreon from Asheville. Uh, yeah. When I visit in January, I get a free private tour. And there's a picture in case you haven't seen it or looked it up before love you all marissa yay thank you marissa let me share this it is gorgeous oh that's gorgeous that's in the u.s that looks like it's europe or something yeah and i'll put photos on the social media for those of you that are not watching wow wow oh marissa you're so brave (laughs) real I would have, again, left my body, just been dead. It would be the end of me. 
Okay, I'm going to read, read stories from Bethany. So thank you for sending your stories, Bethany. Thank you. All right, so Bethany says, hello. 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 And the best Mrs. Doubtfire voice. Yes, perfect. Okay, let me start with some background. I grew up about 30 miles south of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The house I grew up in sits right next to where the Union soldiers camped for the last time before Gettysburg. So basically, they camped where my house was. That's intense. Yeah, that's just setting it up for some Yeah. Some scary shit. <laughs> like, I still remember watching a show when I was a teenager where uh, this house was haunted and they were investigating it and they could hear a heartbeat through the, like, boom mic. And it was like a battleground where the house was. So like, I'm excited for this story. Oh, wow. Because it's, it scarred me to this day. Um, so also my mother is very, very open to ghosts and grew up with her grandmother teaching her white witchcraft. Okay. So my mother did share that with us, my brother and I, until we were older, didn't share that with us until we were older, but ghosts were normalized. I have always been sensitive to the paranormal. My first ghosts were the two that lived in our house, and our house was built by my parents. It's not an old doll. I don't know who the two ghosts were, but I know it was a man and a woman that were 30 or 40. They were fun ghosts. I start. It started off with the basics. You know, shadows. I saw them walk past doorways. They also would move things in my room. They would hang up the landlines in my room, you know, when I would answer and let my mom know it was for her, but also take things for me and lay them on my bed later. I just always felt them around, never in a threatening way, and, but more helpful and like they cared. One of the saddest days of my life was when I told them goodbye. Aww. I was moving away out of state to college and I was laying in bed the night before I moved. I told them, well, I guess this is goodbye and I will miss you too. On each side of my bed, they put hands on me and my comforter and I saw their handprints. They had never touched me before, and it scared me for a moment. I told them to go, and sadly, even when I go back to visit my parents, I have never seen them again. I truly hope they moved on. That's Aww. kind of sad. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, I would still be very scared if they touched me, but, like, that's still really sad. Yeah. Uh, for most of my life, I saw ghosts all the time, to the point that it actually began to disrupt my daily life. Girls, same. I, I have, like, a whole thing. I need to write a book. I would swerve my car because I thought someone was in the road. None of them were ever intending harm. My friends and I would go to the Gettysburg battlegrounds all the time. I actually went to high school there. We would go during the day and at night. We saw, smelled, and felt ghosts all the time. I've had many touch me. Not only have I seen tons and tons of Civil War ghosts, but I've seen my family too. There's a property that has been in our family for generations and used to be a thriving farm, but is now a few acres in this city. A family was spending some time fixing it up and I saw my great great grandfather standing near the barn, the barn. I didn't know it was him at first. I asked my aunt who was with me what he looked like. She described the apparition that I was seeing. That night when sleeping there, he and my great grandmother, his daughter who lived there most of her life and I knew personally, woke me up several times that night. Um, to the point that about after about the sixth time, I yelled at them to tell me what they wanted to tell me or to tell my family that they were doing a great job fixing the place up. I also have felt other family members around, too, in various ways. 
I've had friends walk through my dreams, not just be in them, literally didn't interact with the dream and walk directly to me. I've heard things my entire life, things like my name as I fall asleep, old radio sounds when there's nothing on. Honestly, I've had so many interactions that I can't recall all of them. I don't know how many of these were experienced by me. I was living in the home that my ex and I had just built, and he was 100% not a believer in paranormal. I was sitting on the couch and looking into the kitchen, and the light over the stove kept turning on and off, as well as the vent hood. I told my ex about it, and of course he said that it was a wiring issue. He tore the wiring apart and put it together. It kept happening, and I calmly kept telling him that it was a ghost that was playing with the vent hood. Basically, after a few days of this and him finally seeing it, he had no words to explain it. I laughed at him and welcomed him to seeing spirits. <laughs> I also have a group of spirit guides that my uncle shares, he, um, uncle and I share, and he and I have a very strong connection. And when one of us is in great emotional distress, the other knows right away. So that's fun. Most of the time, it's me calling him, asking him what happened. I hope this helps with your podcast. I will be tuning in. Awesome. Yay. Oh, man, that was. I love how happy and wholesome that was. Yeah, it was a good one to end on. But also just, you know, think about it. I mean, especially me, because I'm always bitching that I want to see ghosts. But I guess it would be like really disruptive if you see them and you're like swerving and you're trying to, you know, avoid like you think they're people. It would be very. It would give me pause. I never thought of it, like how scary and disruptive it would be. Although now in the background, Reggie is peering through the glass doors behind me, and I'm so creeped out. He was like, and his like paws are crossed, right? Like, yep. He has. I call that dainty paws. He like crosses his paws like a little dainty Victorian child. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely staring out the door. Yeah, it's creeping me out. <laughs> There's nothing worse when your animal like starts looking at something that's not there, and you're like, "What? What are you doing?" Why? Yeah, my favorite is when he gets next to me and then peers just past me. Like if you're, if it's looking at you and then mm-hmm. just looks next. Oh no, no. Because no, it's no, like, no. what is behind me? <laughs> well, that house isn't haunted, right? Nothing like your Arkansas? No, I've only had like two instances of seeing something here. And like one of them was I woke up and there was a dude standing over my bed and I looked at him and said, you look like Dwight Schrute and went back to sleep. <laughs> Cause like he was wearing like the yellow short sleeve button up shirt with the tie. And like, I was just like, what is happening? Why, why do you look like Dwight Schrute? Like I've seen that and I've seen something walk past the bathroom door. But besides that, like it's a totally different vibe than the old house was. Well, that's good. Which is really nice because I was exhausted at the other house. Yeah, there was like demon fingers and everything over there. Yes. Yeah, like the demon fingers under the door. There was like the demon fingers over the side of the bed. There was the like whispering in the ear, the smoking, like all that stuff. Burn it it with fire. Yeah, like I really, um, as much as I denied it when we lived there and Terry would say like, are you sure this house isn't draining you because of all the stuff going on? Like it, it was really draining me. So I feel like a lot better being at this house cause it's not near as bad. Oh, that's, that's so good. That some scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some, uh, yeah. Not enough sage and holy water yeah. to make that place. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the juju in that house was not good. Mm-mm. Nope. 
Nope. Well, thank you guys for sending in your emails. These were really good. Yes, those were amazing. I loved those stories. Yeah, all of them were amazing. I'm a big fan of y'all. Yes. And if you want to send in some more stories for us to read next month, last month of 2020. Oh, man. You can go out with a bang. Christmas ghost, Christmas ghost. I have a Christmas ghost story that I will send in. It's actually not that, but I will send it. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, send us everything at historicallyfpod at gmail.com or on social media. You can just DM me or whatever. I can get it there, too. And uh, everybody have a fantastic day and embarking on the last month of 2020. So let's celebrate the end of this dumpster fire. <laughs> Safely. Safely. <laughs> when this comes out tomorrow will be December. Yes. And I will be uh, only mere days away from teetering closer to 40 than 30. And I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I know. I feel like if you you know get old during 2020 it shouldn't count (laughs) right yeah 2020 just doesn't count we're all a year younger you know i feel like 35 needs a redo yes yeah but uh yeah so we'll see you next time okay bye